So tonight's reading is Luke 12 from verse 35. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will make them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master's taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour when he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Um, my name's Stephen Dimitri. I'm a youth minister here at West Farrington Church. I kind of say it's great to sing with you. It's my first time in the building singing. It is a joy to sing with you. Oh. Now, 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 I'm part of the staff team here. I've been so for five years, I think. And like every year in September, the, the, the staff teams of Bishop Harrington Church, Holy Cross, one of our partner churches, and, and Goldstone join together for an epic day of fun. We call it the Staff Away Day. And for my first incarnation of this, this event, we went to the beautiful Isle of Man. And so the plan was set, right? And we'd meet at church at 5 a.m. in the morning, you know, you know, get old Krusty, the, the BH minibus, like, go up to Gatwick, um, 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 crust up to Gatwick, get the plane, get to, get to Isle of Man. The whole day spent together in, oh, amazing. Now, there it is. Is that the Isle of Man? Oh, it might be Guernsey. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway uh, so, 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 picture the scene it's that monday morning and and like i just distinctly remember being woken up by my phone ringing next to my ear and and, and like i remember just looking at my phone thinking 
why on earth is Rich Arnold, the youth minister at Holy Cross, phoning me at this time in the morning? And in that kind of hazy, like, like half asleep, kind of sick state, slow my words, like, hello? Hi, Stephen, are you ready? No, I was not ready. Still in my Batman pajamas, like like I hadn't had my shower, stinking from the day before, hadn't brushed my teeth, no breakfast. No, I was not ready for that trip. <laughs> like bundled into the into the into the minibus, like a few seconds later, shower in a can, you know that kind of thing. What a great first impression for Phil and the other staff members. <laughs> But, but, but that, that, that same question, like, are you ready? That's kind of the question that Luke 12 is asking us. Do you notice it? It's asking, are you ready to meet Jesus? In fact, Luke 12, it's kind of this wake-up call. Because, because Jesus, he's coming back. And that's one of the, the big themes in the Bible. In fact, right, it turns up in 1 in 25 verses in the New Testament. That's a lot. And there's only four books in the New Testament that don't mention his return. This is a big deal, a big, big theme. And here, well, it's the focus point of the next chunk of Jesus' teaching to his disciples. Because remember where we are, Luke 12, verse 1, and a crowd of many thousands had gathered. And there, in verse 1, Jesus began to speak to his disciples. So he's kind of teaching his crew, his disciples, and there's a massive crowd like on looking, hearing the lessons he's teaching. Um, and each lesson has kind of had one eye on the future, like, like do not worry, like kind of beware of greed, that kind of stuff. And, and then here he gives well, all his full attention to the future, to his return. And he kind of teaches the disciples using three little parables. Did you spot them as we were going through? Let's have a little look at the first one. Um, verse 35. Jesus says, Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. Like, like wedding banquet um, in those days, gone for ages and ages. You don't know when they're going to end, and kind of this master's gone out to the wedding banquet. He's having a good time, and he's kind of expecting his servants to be ready to open the door and welcome him in. And Jesus is saying, like, I am like that master. And don't miss this. This is a a big deal in Luke's gospel. This is the first time that he's kind of mentioning that he's not going to be around forever. This is his first time saying, hey, guys, I'm going away. I'll come back, but but, but I'm going away. He's preparing them for a life without him. (laughs) And just like... Do we get how kind that is? This is our kind, loving Lord who's preparing his disciples for a life without him. And just like the master, um, his absence from their lives is going to be temporary. His absence from this earth is temporary. He will come back. And so he kind of tells them what he expects in the meantime. Verse 35 again. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. That's quite weird language, isn't it? Like, we don't talk like that. We don't talk like dressed, ready for service, lamps. But that that, that seems really weird language. What is Jesus saying there? Well, I think he's specifically using these phrases from the Old Testament, from, from the Exodus. 
remember the Exodus when like God rocked up, took down the gods of Egypt in epic fashion and brought his people free from slavery? Amazing. And in the Exodus with Moses, well, uh, Moses said to the people, to, to gird their loins, it means like tuck in their togas so they're ready to run away quickly. Uh, and in the, the, the Greek version of the, of the Old Testament, that's translated as be dressed and ready for service. In the Exodus, um, the Moses says to his people, in Exodus 27, he says, um, keep your lamps burning. And look at verse 35 again. <laughs> Do you see those two same expressions? Keep your lamps burning, be dressed ready for service. See, I think Jesus is kind of saying, disciples, I'm going away. But when I come back, when I come back, oh my, it's going to be Exodus 2.0. Like like, like the greatest and most magnificent event you have ever seen or will ever see. Like, Like I'm coming back to bring in an event that is going to eclipse the first exodus. I'm coming back as the greatest act of salvation and freedom the world has ever or will ever see. The final note of his triumph over sin and death. Exodus 2.0. Like, this is a day to get excited about. This is a day to wait for. This is a day to long for and to be ready for. And it's not just a day for those disciples to kind of get ready for. Here's what Courtney uh, Reisig says. I think that's how you say her second name. She says, God's people have always been awaiting people. They waited for the Messiah to be born. And we wait for him to return and restore all things to himself. Because in these words, he's speaking to all of us who follow the Lord Jesus. We are waiting for Exodus 2.0. We're waiting for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we wait, the big message is get ready. Get ready to meet the Lord Jesus. Because, well, there's a right and a wrong way to meet somebody, isn't there? Like, like if you come to our house, there it is. Ah, beautiful. If you come to our house, knock on our door, you expect a few certain things. You'd expect me and Lizzie to be dressed Right? That's standard. You don't want to see you no know, Batman pajamas when you come to the door, do you? You'd expect a level of tidiness and neatness to the house, you know? You'd expect not to have to stand on the door knocking for 27 minutes while Stephen does his hair, brushes his teeth, little deodorant. You know, you'd expect us to be ready to meet you. And, well, that's, a, like, that's a bit like the master in the parable. When he comes back late from that wedding... He expects a few things. Like if he comes back late and is left at the door knocking because the servants are napping, well, that is not a good look for those servants. Have a look what he expects in verse 37. He says, it'll be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. And in verse 38, the same phrase is repeated. Do you notice that? It, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready in the middle of the night. That's how you meet someone. Watching and ready. 
watching and, and ready. And that's how you prepare to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, like watching and ready. Watching kind of um, has that idea of like noses pressed against the metaphorical window. You know, when you've got a friend coming around, you're like, oh, I can't wait to see them again. Oh, Alex Forrest is coming around. Can't wait to see him. Um, that kind of thing. There he is. <laughs> you know, like excited, like eager, can't wait. That's, that's what God wants for us. Eager to meet Jesus, like praying, come Lord Jesus. And actually, if we can't pray, come Lord Jesus, well, that kind of means we might not be ready to meet him. That's the watching side. And the ready side, what we're being ready kind of means if you met Jesus today, that you could look at him without fear or shame. If you met Jesus today, um, either through our death or, or, or his return, that you could look at him without fear or shame. And I, that kind of means like living out the faith we've been given. Uh, J.C. Ryle said it beautifully. He said, um, the point is not what a man should do to be saved, but what ought a saved man to do. Like, we've been saved. How is that going to change our life, our, our, our speech, our actions? That's what being dressed and ready looks like. You don't want to meet Jesus with no clothes on. <laughs> be dressed and ready for service. Get ready to meet Jesus. Because that's kind of the first parable. Second parable, well, it tells us that he could be here at any moment. I mean, look at verse 39. Jesus says, changes parable. He kind of changes his, his place from a Martha to a thief. Bit weird, but go with it. Verse 39, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. Thieves don't really give you a warning before they rock up. <laughs> There's no little like, note through the door or phone call. Hey, Stephen, 3.13 a.m., leave the top right window open. None of that. They don't give you a warning. They just turn up. And so we're ready 24-7. We kind of lock our, our doors, don't we? We close our windows. We set home alone style traps before we go out on holiday you know you know the kind of thing nails on the floor yeah don't come to our house when we're not in um, but, but like jesus point is like he's not going to give us any more advanced warning this is the advanced warning there's no cheeky text before he turns up five minutes before he comes i'm coming back get ready no so just like a wise homeowner verse 40 you also must be ready because you do not, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Ready all the time. Um, a bit like uh, the Le Mans 24-hour uh, race. Um, this thing finished today at 4 o'clock. Have, have you heard of this thing? It's a 24-hour endurance uh, motor race sport thing where you go round the circuit for 24 hours, driving for 24 hours in teams of three. It's like one of the most grueling and most intense things you can do. In fact, like um, a winner a few years ago lost 10 pounds of weight in 24 hours from driving a car. But, but these drivers, they don't sleep. They're like awake and alert 24 hours of that day. Like, like because, well, one lapse in concentration, one slip up, it could be fatal. So, so they don't switch off. They're alert. They're watching. They're ready. They're waiting. They don't switch off. And for Christians, for followers of Jesus, we're not ready for 24 hours. No, we're ready 
not for a 24-hour race, but we have 24-7 faith. Uh, Jesus is saying, like, uh, we don't switch off or switch on our Christian faith, depending on our situation. We're ready all the time. Because he could be back at any moment. So get ready to meet Jesus. And I think we kind of need to hear this. Because we are very good at preparing for events. We are so good at planning birthday parties and wrapping our presents and getting those ready in advance. We're so good at planning our holidays, looking for the Airbnb, the cheap one on that perfect day, looking at Skegness and all the things to do in Skegness. We're so good at planning and getting ready for events of minor importance compared to this. I wonder, are we as prepared to meet the Lord Jesus? I think... God has been kind of shouting this at us as a church for the past few months. I mean, if you noticed how many sermons we've had on Jesus' return from Thessalonians, from, from Luke and from Joel, like over and over again, get ready to meet Jesus. So, because, like, let's be honest. I mean, have you spent one moment this week thinking about the return of Jesus? slips so easily out of our minds and i was trying to work out why it slips out of my mind and i came up with two big reasons there are loads of reasons but here are the two big ones i came up with distraction and laziness maybe you see yourself in me as well distraction and laziness i am so distracted um, christians from years past would call this worldliness where where um our attention my attention is fixed more on the here and now than on jesus and so, like, um, I'm distracted by, by my house and my little home improvement plans, my, my job, five-year plan goal, my Netflix account. We kind of gorge ourselves on our comfortable life here in Hove 2021. And so Jesus stops being our, our big priority. It's, it's like we, we live in this kind of, like, spiritual haze that, that, that dilutes our faith and dilutes our passion and zeal for Jesus. You know this, this? So we, we kind of care more about our stuff than our saviour. We're more excited about, about the arrival of our Amazon package than the arrival of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh man, that, that's me, distracted. Wee. And lazy too. I've started calling this um, flabby faith. It describes me so well. Like putting off changing my life till tomorrow. My favourite word is tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Like... I'll start serving in church in a month's time when things are settled down COVID-wise. Or I'll start reading the Bible with Lizzie, my wife, tomorrow. We'll start that tomorrow. Make, make a change tomorrow. It's like this kind of flabby faith, this laziness, putting things off. Uh, Alistair Begg said this, the devil's favorite word is tomorrow. He said, if an issue is worth addressing... It's worth addressing now. A lazy disciple is not a ready disciple. And, and by the way, you can be like really practically super busy, but spiritually flabby. <laughs> that, that, that sums up me lots of the time. And if we see ourselves in this distraction, laziness, <laughs> we've got to kind of repent. Because look at verse 40 again. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come an hour when you do not expect him. 
Son of Man is, is that beautiful little way that, that Daniel 7 talks about the Lord God Almighty in his splendor, in his magnificence. There's no one like him. No one comes close to the beauty of this God. And he's coming back. Get ready. And one of the ways we can get ready is getting this back in our minds. And actually, part of that is being here at church. Because the Church of England, like, it does loads of things really well. And one of them is liturgy. The kind of stuff we say every single week. Um, and they kind of, the guy who kind of made up the liturgy we use, well, he made sure that the return of Christ was all over the liturgy. Like little post-it notes dotted all over the place. Like, have a look at this. This is the creed. So every time we say the creed, we say, he will return to judge the living and the dead. Little reminder, he's coming back. Every time we take communion, we are told in his holy gospel, Jesus commanded us to continue perpetual memory of that, his precious death, until his coming again. Reminder, he's coming back. Every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, your kingdom come. Reminder, he's coming back. Like Reminders, like little post-it notes all over the place. Jesus is coming back. And so look out for those little flag posts in the service. There's some all over the walls as well, just to remind you. <laughs> but it also got me thinking as well, like how can we kind of build that into our lives as well? The little post-it note reminders. Maybe actual post-it notes on your mirror. He's coming back, get ready. Maybe a little like um, new lock screen for your phone that, that reminds you he's coming back. Maybe uh, praying the Lord's Prayer every day and sticking in that, that, that your kingdom come and thinking about that slowing down at that because because if the return of christ is in our mind it will make a difference to our life it will because if we're thinking it could be back right now well we'll be bolder in our evangelism we'll have more energy in fighting and battling sin we'll have more joy in struggles and difficulties knowing that he's coming back to end it all get ready to meet jesus And so these two parables, uh, Jesus kind of wraps them up. And, and you can picture the crowd kind of chatting. Who's he talking to? Like, who's involved here? What's going on? And so Peter kind of asks the question that the whole crowd are wanting to know. Verse 41, he says, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Like, like, like Jesus, who are you chatting to? Who needs to get ready? Is it just the disciples or is it like the whole crowd behind us? Who are you chatting to? And, like, sometimes I just wish Jesus gave, like, a really simple three-word answer. You know? Like, like a really clean, easy answer. Yeah, got it. But he tells another parable, um, which isn't the easiest to understand, but we'll kind of work through that. But, kind of, I want to uh, stay on Peter's question for a minute and give the really short and simple answer. Because the short answer to that question is that everyone needs to get ready. I mean, if being ready uh, uh, means if you met Jesus today, you could look at him without fear or shame. Well, everyone needs to get ready because by definition, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not ready to meet him. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't look at him without fear. Think about it. It is a terrifying thought to meet the most holy God whom we have all deeply offended through our own sinfulness. To meet him on our own without the Lord Jesus Christ standing next to us, that is a scary thought. 
That is a scary thought. Uh, and maybe that kind of describes you here. You're thinking things through. You're investigating or you've kind of ignored Jesus for so long and thought, that, that, that's a waste of time. Ready or not, he is going to come back. Whether you believe it or not, he is going to come back. And so if that is you, please, please investigate. Please start asking questions. Please start thinking this through because it is a terrifying thing to meet him without the Lord Jesus standing next to you. Everyone needs to get ready to meet Jesus. Um, But let's have a look at the parable that Jesus tells. Uh, It's it's about a master leaving a servant in charge of all his affairs. Um, There it is in verse 42. He says, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? So uh, let's put this in a modern day kind of uh, um, version of it. It's like parents going out for the evening, little date night for the parents, leaving their 16-year-old daughter in charge of the two younger siblings. As soon as those parents get in the car, you know what's happening. On all the socials, party time at my house! And from that moment, teenagers start descending on the house like seagulls flocking to a chip cone on the beach. You know, they're they're flocking in, the music's pumping, the booze is flowing, um, um, the Sparkovsky bowls are being broken left, right and centre. It's chaos. And in the midst of all that, the little little boy, he's like lying sick on the floor, having eaten three tubs of ice cream for his dinner, forgotten about by, 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 by the daughter. And the little little sister, she's running around like all over the place, wearing mum's makeup at three o'clock in the morning. Chaos. Now, now, um, what do you think is going to happen when mum and dad come home? When mum and dad Oh my, they're bringing the thunder. They're bringing the heat. They are bringing the punishment. What a world of trouble for all three kids. But, but which of those kids is going to be in the most trouble? Well, the 16 year old, right? She was responsible to care for her siblings. She is going to feel the full wrath of mum and dad. And that 16 year old is like the servant in Jesus' parable. Because verse 35, the servant is kind of left in charge of his other servants. And look what he says in verse 45. He says, "Um, but suppose the servant says to himself, my master's taking a long time in coming. And then he begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. Ooh, the master's gone. I'm the boss now. And he starts like like, like, like taking, taking the privileges of a boss, like, abusing his position and his power and he's forgotten all about the master and just like that 16 year old girl is punished by her parents did you see the chilling words of jesus in verse 46 jesus says the master the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he's not aware of he will cut him to pieces judgment and and let's remember the audience that jesus is talking to they're in front of him the disciples including judas they're in the background the crowd that are cheering him at this moment in time but but a short time later what's going to happen to that crowd what's going to judas they've turned on their lord they've turned on their savior i think this is a warning a caution to those people 
By his very actions, this servant has betrayed his true colors, just as Judas and the crowd would do a few weeks later. And Jesus warns us too, like you can't play at being a Christian forever. When we meet the Lord Jesus, he will evaluate the genuineness of our faith. And those who kind of bear lip service to the Lord and wear the mask of Christianity, but whose hearts are elsewhere, it doesn't end well. It's separation from the goodness of God. And verse 46, assigned a place with the unbelievers. It's a dangerous thing to pretend to be a Christian. Get ready to meet Jesus. And by the way, if you're freaking out right now thinking, ah, am I a true Christian? Um, it probably doesn't apply to you. Um, and if you are really worried, chat to Phil, chat to myself. We'll chat to you a bit more about that. But there's more in this parable. Um, we won't have time to go into it. But let's have a look at the crux of it in verse 48. Here's kind of like the, the, the nutshell that Jesus is getting at. He says, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been trusted with much, much more will be asked. The more you know about Jesus, the more is demanded of you. And actually, that's really exciting for us. Because we here in the West, in Bishop Harrington Church, we are in a hugely privileged position. I mean... We've got the Bible in our own language, in over 450 different varieties. Like, we're part of a good Bible teaching church. We've got Bible resources at home, on our phones, all over the place. Like, we know stuff. We've been given so much. What a joy for us to now share that with other people, to not hold on to it and use it to puff ourselves up, but to bless the church and other people in the gospel. See, Jesus not being around, it's not an excuse for sinfulness, uh, uh, ignorance, or spiritual laziness. It's just a time for unseen faithfulness, obedience, and the pursuit of holiness. He is coming back. Are we ready to meet Jesus? Because I want to end with the most beautiful picture. The day when he comes back is going to be sen sensational. Have a look at back at the first parable. Remember, the master goes out to a wedding, um, comes back, servants are waiting there, and we expect him to say, thank you, servants. Go to bed. Lovely. But look at what he does say in verse 37. Have a little look at verse 37. <laughs> he says, truly I tell you, the master will dress himself to serve, will make them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. Please tell me you see the scandal of those verses. Oh, like, like the master dressed as a servant. The master serving his servants. The master putting on a banquet for his servants. Like, what? And this is even more staggering when you think about it. Because this is talking about Jesus. The Lord of the universe, the Son of Man, the creator of everything seen and unseen, dazzlingly beautiful and splendid. And he's coming back in glory, in power, with trumpets to serve his people. What a God. That is the God we serve. The servant king. And, and, and actually, isn't that exactly what we'd expect from the Son of Man, who, who, who in Mark um, chapter 11, verse 45, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, he died to serve us by giving his life. And he will come back to serve us by putting on this banquet, this feast of life that never ends. 
That's our king. He's given himself wholly in service for us on the cross. And he's coming back to give himself wholly in service for us at this feast of life that never ends. And so in the meantime, we give ourselves holy in waiting and ready and excited and serving him for that day. When we get to meet our servant king. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ, he's coming back. And he's coming back to serve. Father, I find myself lazy and distracted. I don't know about the rest of our, our church family, but Lord, help us to, 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 to have in our mind the return of Christ so that it changes our living here and now. And Lord, that day looks so exciting. We want to pray, come Lord Jesus. Amen.